Broadcasting live from the phx.fm studio in Phoenix, Arizona. It's time for Valley Business Radio, spotlighting the Valley's best businesses and the people who lead them. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Arizona 100 podcast. Our first episode since we've been doing this show starting in what, June of last year, that Abby Fink, publisher of the Arizona 100, and I, Adrian McIntyre from phx.fm, we're not in the same room. We're not even in the same city. Abby, hi. How good are you? Good morning. I'm doing good. This is the, this is the new way we do things. We are all working from home. You got me all set up with a little studio here at my kitchen table and I'm just feeling I'm feeling really good about the opportunity to to see you even though it's this virtual environment, but um, you know, being self-quarantined a bit and at home, it's kind of nice to have this opportunity to interact. So thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And you know, typically what we do on this show is review the stories that are coming up in the Arizona 100, banter a little bit, talk about what's happening around the state of Arizona. And of course, this week, what's happening in Arizona and what's happening in the world are incredibly not business as usual. So what are we looking at here? What's on your mind? Uh, what are folks going to be able to read in the Arizona 100 this week? Right. And we, you know, we we publish this um, e-newsletter twice a month on the second and fourth Thursday of each month. And so we were chugging along, ready to have our issue come out. And then, you know, all this news about COVID-19 and all the recommendations for individuals that could to work from home and social distancing and all sorts of things, new words that none of us had ever heard before. And it really felt important to us and our team that we we maybe rethink what we were going to do this week and, and put out some information that we've been gleaning from various different sources, um, our clients, um, organizations like the CDC, our Department of Housing, the Department of Health, all these organizations that are really looking at this issue from their individual perspective. You know, I've been doing issues management and crisis communications basically my entire career. And this is really the first time, I think for all of us, that something is impacting everyone in the world. You know, we have heard about things that, you know, happen in other countries or in other even other cities or other states, and it's and it's something we pay attention to, but it's not necessarily something that we have to react to. And the coronavirus has causing all of us to have to really pay attention to our you know personal well being and what we're doing for our own health and safety. Those of us that run businesses, we have to pay attention to how we are uh, working with our employees, providing a, a safe place for them, whether that happens to be in their kitchen table or if there are other opportunities for them to still be productive in the workplace. And then, of course, you know, what are we doing for the better good of our community? Staying at home, social distancing. And so it's an odd time for all of us. And I think the opportunity to just have conversation and, and hear what everyone else is you know, thinking and working on is really important. And as professional communicators, this is this is where we live in this conversation space and why, you know, we really wanted to take the opportunity to to use this vehicle that we have to be able to share some important information and have this podcast be out there and, and you know, give give an opportunity for people to hear some additional information and and hopefully some reassurances of, you know, that there are resources available for all sorts of things if they need it. You know, it really strikes me as somebody who spent in a previous professional life a lot of time working overseas 
in conflict or disaster response areas, the flow of information is always so important, and the sources of that information are are critical. Every community everywhere in the world that has dealt with some kind of upheaval has the same things we're experiencing now. There's a rumor mill as people talk to each other and kind of you know play play the game of did you hear and I heard and so and so said and all the rest. Then there are folks who are trying to provide correct and valuable information for the benefit of the community. It's often community leaders uh, or you know even religious figures, people who already have an audience. And then there are folks that are trying to manipulate and 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 distort the information for their own purposes. We're just dealing with the same thing that everyone everywhere always deals with in these moments. So it, it's essential, I think, that as folks look to established publications like the Arizona 100 and many of the media outlets who are still committed to integrity and truth and journalism, journalistic principles and so on, it's important that we do consider the source of our information. Um, there's a lot of folks communicating a lot of things right now. And Everyone has opinions about what's being said. And let's try to remember that those are two distinct phenomena, that our opinions about information and the information itself are, are, are not the same thing. And uh, as we make decisions about our businesses, about our families, about our communities, it's important to remember that we're doing things for ourselves as individuals and family units, but we also are doing things for the better good of the larger community and and needing to balance those two things is critical. Right. And and I think it's I think what we're facing today and and is the amount of information we have at our disposal. You know, it is a 24/7 news cycle today with social media for all the things that it's good for, right? It, it gives us this chance, especially now, to stay connected. Um, the technology platforms that let us do conversations like this where I can see you and talk to you. Um, I had a call yesterday with my sister. She was at her kitchen table. I was at my kitchen table. But um, but it also inundates us, right? It is constant. And we can very, very easily go down that path and keep clicking and keep clicking till we find more and more and worse and worse information. And it's not, I fall victim to it myself. I mean, you can spend hours clicking through information. And and I'm not saying you shouldn't be smart and, and find out this information, but the credibility of the sources needs to be taken into account. Because someone retweeted something doesn't make it true, uh, go to the original source before you, you know, start making decisions. We are starting to hear some terrible, terrible stories about people that are self-medicating based on something they read on the internet and they thought this was going to help them. And, and we can't be having that kind of information being taken um, as truth. You really need to, you know, from anything medically related, it's got to come from the CDC or the World Health Organization or your own doctor for um, for anywhere else than, than just something that you might have read about. We're in a really dangerous time here if we're not careful about how we're consuming that information. And, um, you know, we've spent the last 
really the last 10 days uh, working with a variety of different organizations that are all struggling with how do we communicate? How do we communicate to our staff and our employees? How do we talk to our customers or clients? And then what are we doing within our own organizations to make sure that we're being as smart as possible with the information that we're sharing? You know, I went to work a week ago and said, this will be fine. And 24 hours later, I was sending a note to my staff and saying, we need to stay home. You know, I don't know what this is and where we've all been. And fortunately, my team is healthy and and everyone is doing well. My immediate circle of influence is doing well. But we all have to do our part to, you know, make sure that that continues um, until, you know, the, the, the scientists and the medical community figure out what this is all about. We need to, to listen to the experts and, and follow their advice. For business leaders in particular, this has been a, an incredibly uh, difficult time in the sense of what's required for making decisions in the absence of clear information. There's a lot of mixed messages, even mixed mandates. And <clears throat> folks who live in one municipality are paying attention, obviously, to their local government, but also to the state level government. Folks who live in another municipality might be getting a different message from the city versus the state. Here in Arizona, obviously, Governor Ducey has issued an executive order to try to clarify at least where the jurisdiction falls for some of these decisions, saying that for a number of these businesses, the decision-making is going to happen at the state level. Cities are not going to make separate decisions about them. But we still don't always have clear-cut guidelines on certain things. I know as I talk to many local business owners, um, all the way from, you know, the engineering uh, and high-tech companies through to the gyms, the hairdressers, the people whose businesses, like my own, relies heavily on in-person interactions. Um, there's just a lot of uncertainty. We see a lot of uh, really exciting um, innovations happening. And at the same time, there's a lot of devastating impact here as people's paychecks vanish, their incomes go to zero, um, et cetera. So what uh, guidance do you have? It's hard to provide it at that level of generality because everyone's dealing with something different. But what guidance do you have for folks who are trying to make decisions in, in the absence of very clear information or mandates? Well, and I think, you know, really the, the, it's a, it's a day by day, maybe even hour by hour decision process. Like I said, you know, a week ago, Monday, we were fine. Let's go to the office, do what we were going to do. 24 hours later, we're staying home. And here we are, you know, day six of working from home. And I think that, you know, one of the things that we always talk about when we're in the midst of a a situation, a crisis, an issue, define it however you'd like, is, recognizing when you don't know what you don't know. And so nobody isn't an expert in this particular situation. None of us know what's going on. And I fa- in fact, even the the medical community and the scientists are still trying to figure out exactly what this is. And so look to the leaders in your communities for that guidance. You know, the governors of your state, the mayors of your cities, these are the individuals that are to be looked at for that kind of information. And we really need to be listening to what they have to say. Uh, We will not fight through this if we don't believe that they have our best interests in mind and they're doing what we can. The biggest challenge, I think, is we will resolve 
this. We are all coming up with new ways to do things, work from home, whatever the, the situation is that allows you to still, you know, be employed. There are, you know, there are, there's still job fairs happening. There are still locations that are hiring there. You know, there, there are businesses in our communities that are um, overrun right now because of what we need, grocery stores, the retailers, the delivery services and such. So there still are opportunities for employment. I think the discussions that are happening are also around what are we going to do three months from now, six months from now when we've managed through this and we've gotten hopefully everybody healthy and we've resolved the 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 pandemic component of this issue. Now, what impact is that going to have on our individual businesses and how are we going to plan today for what the impact is going to be? And I don't have a definitive answer. I don't think anyone does other than being smart for your own business. Where can you repurpose? Where can you um, offer up service today that might benefit you in the future? Is there a way, uh, one of our clients who had to um, close down their, um, their location is now offering those individuals that were impacted by that closure to quote unquote volunteer but go out and serve meals, deliver food to the elderly, you know, provide services online if they can. So they may not be able to do their actual job, but they are still being productive. And, you know, I think as a, as a society, we rise to the occasion. I have had more friendly waves and nods of hello as I've, you know, walked my dog in the park six feet from everybody. And, you know, this does bring out, you know, it's a commonality. We are all dealing with it. And that brings out the best in all of us, I think. And so, you know, I'd like to have the, the magic eight ball or the, that could tell me what will happen in, in six months from now. Um, but at this point, my best advice is, you know, pay attention to, you know, the, the physical well-being of your of your people and, you know, the impact that this is going to have on the on your business and start the best you can to make business decisions that will guide you and carry you through, um, you know, really because it's th- for months. I think this will be something that we're going to be, you know, dealing with and talking about. Yeah, I think there's. You mentioned a really important topic here, which is the ability to assess what you have, what you need, and what you can do. There's been a lot of stories that I'm hearing uh, about businesses that are pivoting is the fancy word, but really they're just adapting to what's happening. I was talking to a gym owner in North Scottsdale who, when they realized that they were going to have to close their gym, they invited all of their members to come in and take equipment home with them. Uh, and kind of a, you know, listen, don't worry, we'll, we'll figure this out and you'll bring it back when we're on the other side of this. And then they started live streaming free workouts every day of the week. Um, we saw in the news that um, that's Pulse Fitness, by the way, in North Scottsdale. Uh, and then we saw in the news how U.S. Egg, which is, of course, a breakfast and lunch restaurant here, realized they had their own supply chain of eggs and toilet paper and milk and cream. And so they're now selling that directly to consumers uh, who want to come in and not just order a meal, but maybe want to buy some supplies to go home. And, and they've got they've got industrial strength uh, cleaners and toilet paper and all that. Of course, it's that ginormous roll of toilet paper that has a thousand sheets on a single one. But you know what? In desperate times, you can rig something up in your own bathroom. Uh, it's stories like that. And we're seeing at all levels um, from the small businesses to the big companies that I think are so inspiring. 
Well, and you know that, that that's the I don't know the exact expression, but um, you know that in, invention happens when we are forced to pay attention to things. And I mean, look at this. What we're doing here today. You know, uh, t- a couple of days ago, I would not have thought I had the ability to sit at my kitchen table and and ha- record a podcast. And um, so I think we're all being uh, thinking differently and thinking smarter about what we need to do and and what's what you know what is essential to us, um, you know, in terms of our own, again, our own personal well-being and, and the well-being of our businesses. And what can we do? Ev- what can we do as business owners to make sure that we are, you know, providing the kind of um, comfort that our employees need, services that we can offer, um, those of us that can do the work that we do from home, how do we make sure we can offer that up? As you said, you know, there are there are certain businesses that at home is not as easy to accomplish, but technology gives them the chance to still interact with people. And of course, you know, the oh, invention is what is the mother is the invention. Necessity, necessity is the mother, the mother of, of all invention. I knew it yeah. would come to me. Exactly. So um, I just think that that, you know, I I hope that people are listening to, again, their leaders and those that are coming from um, the the health organizations for the most up-to-date and accurate information that when you are hearing from, you know, your mayor or your governor to listen to what their, you know, their advice is about staying home. And, and sadly, that will mean some businesses will have to close. But, um, you know, hopefully the the um, creativity of those business owners will give them the chance to, you know, to still succeed and look for ways to stay connected to each other. You know, don't, don't, just because you are in your home and cannot go out does not mean you have to be in complete isolation. There are, there's this thing called the telephone and uh, I've actually used it a whole lot more in the last week, actual telephone calls and, um, you know, text messages, FaceTime, you know, whatever uh, webinar platform you use to do um, to conversation so you can be looking at each other like we are and just do what you can to stay in touch with each other um, as our firm, as a professional communicators at HMA Public Relations, we're going to do what we can to get information out in a timely and effective way. We're working with our various clients to help them do that. I know my colleagues all around the world are doing the same thing. In fact, I have a call, a virtual call, uh, coffee meeting on Thursday morning with some PR professionals from around the world, um, just to give us a sense of what everybody's dealing with and what what lessons have we all been learning along the way that we can share. And um, I think we can we can come through this with some new information, a new appreciation for you know the what we have, what we do, what we do take for granted, what's being challenged a little bit, and uh, w- hopefully everyone remains healthy and safe. And when we get together and do this, our regularly scheduled podcasts in the future, we'll be looking back at this and saying, look what we what we came through and how we're um, you know surviving and thriving in the new normal. Absolutely. And I just want to remind everyone that the Arizona100.com is an incredible resource and you might use it differently now. 
you might go there and read back issues. In addition to the current information that's out this week, you might look for examples in there of companies or nonprofits, and it might give you an idea of who to reach out to and connect with. The The Arizona 100 has been profiling companies and community leaders and organizations throughout the state. And if you were to spend some time browsing the back catalog of those stories, you might get some ideas for folks that would love you to pick up the phone and reach out just to check in. Maybe there's something they're doing now that you could help with. In any case, thearizona100.com continues to be your source for intriguing stories and information throughout the state of Arizona. Abby Fink is the publisher of the Arizona 100. Thank you so much for joining us. Adrian, thank you. This was great. 